genius swabbies, what be I offered for this winsome wench? Stout-hearted and corn Hey, be a stouter by the pound? Shift your cargo, dearie. Show them your larboard side. We watched the ready. Well, hey there, you folks will swap. Oh, you ready? We watched the ready. Well, master. <laughs> Bilge rats, do I hear six? Who makes it six? Six should be six bottles of rum. Yeah. I'm not sponging for rum. It be gold I'm after. Strike your colors, you brazen wench. No need to expose your superstructure. Hey, hurry it up, boy. Come on now. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Diz Explorers podcast, where each week we explore the different avenues of the great Disney universe. This week joining us is Milford. Hello. And Melanie. Hi, y'all. And Miss Jessica. Hi, everybody. So, big doings in the past couple, well, not couple, in the past week, Melanie went away on a cruise, and all hell broke loose in in the world of Disney social media. <laughs> oh, so, I can't again. leave you guys yeah. alone for a week. Unless you were under a rock. <laughs> or, or on a cruise. Yeah, or on a cruise, but I'm pretty sure people were probably talking about it on the cruise as well. Oh, they were. They were. You've heard the news about, A, the changes coming to Pirates of the Caribbean across the globe... And B, which just happened today, Monday the 10th, and I promise I will get this episode out this week so it's relevant, <laughs> the news that I'm Promises. reporting, not like, not like last week's where it's from the middle of June. <laughs> I should have put a disclaimer on that one. That it's all the good. The following presentation is not in timely order. Uh, so anyway, and that Tron is all but confirmed to replace the Speedway in the Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World in Florida. So, I think, I don't know. I let's, uh, I guess we'll just start with that one since I already just mentioned that. So that just came down the wire today. I will not name the source that did it first because screw them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not plugging for free. But how, how do you really feel about that? I don't really care, honestly, but it's just fun. <laughs> it's fun to pile on. Pile on the rabbit. So... Oh. I'm okay with this. As fun as the Speedway is, a Tron-based roller coaster is probably crap ton more fun. And I really was not a huge Tron fan of the movie. I've seen the original. I have not seen the reboot. So, you know, I don't... I don't know that you need to see any of that. Everybody knows what the light cycles are. Everybody knows that part of the movie when they're in the circuit board and they're zooming around and it's fun and it's cool. They glow in the dark. Yeehaw. So... Right. And I think most people have seen the video of the light cycle power run in Shanghai. I don't know if it's going to mimic that. I don't know if it's going to be a different version. Uh, we were discussing before the start of recording. I don't know what the height requirement is for Shanghai. Like, I never looked up the details on it and, and the whole mess. So, with D23 coming up next week, I, I would imagine more details and actual confirmation from the Disney company would come along. I don't know. Um, so I don't know. What do you guys think? 
I'm cool with it. I don't have any emotional attachment to the Speedway as is. I mean, and like I was telling you guys earlier, I don't even walk by that area anymore. It just smells bad. All of that fuel in the air at Walt Disney World. I'm not sure if they're going to do the same thing over in Disneyland Park, but at Magic Kingdom, that area just stinks. It really... How do you get to Cosmic Rays if you don't go over there? How do you go see Sunny? <sighs> I usually go to Pecos, okay? Or maybe Pinocchio, and I do my lunching over there. But, yeah, I, I, it just smells bad. And, and I'm like you. I don't really have an emotional attachment to those particular to that particular movie franchise. I'll call it a franchise since there's, what, two whole movies? I guess there's two, yeah. <laughs> Makes it a franchise. In Disney terms, anyway. Right. It only takes two. That's it. But I think it'd look cool at night. And, you know, maybe yeah. they might sell a few more DVDs, I guess. But right. I, I have a hard time caring that they're doing it, but I don't have a problem with them doing it. It's not like they're taking away some beloved childhood attraction it's exactly. just a car track i mean you can ride go-karts anywhere pretty much and a lot <laughs> so, a lot faster better ones than that and yeah more that don't smell ecologically saying that don't pollute as bad or smell as bad i mean my local go-karts are more green than those things well they're still running two strokes on those little <laughs> tiny things yeah. i mean jeez they're awful so you know i'm not super excited about this new development but I'm okay with it. Yeah. So no, there I you agree. have it. My official reaction is meh. <laughs> no, I, I'm 100% with you. And, and like I said before we started recording, I'm actually, the thing that makes me happy about it is it's going to be the new kid on the block now. So it'll mm-hmm. take away from the other newer stuff on the block. So then my kids now that are, I don't know what the time frame is going to be on this thing, say it's two, three years. So my two older kids will be teenagers that time. And then I'll have my little guy will be closer to 10. And depending on how he grows, he may be just getting on to that, you know, getting being able to do Space Mountain and stuff like that. He rode Mine Train for the first time this past trip we took in April and loved it. So if it takes the pressure off of those and, like, Big Thunder Mountain and Splash, then I'm all for it. Take everybody away so then I can go on the stuff that I love the most. <laughs> and then when the buzz dies down on the new thing, then I'll head over to the new thing. So I'm I'm looking for, that'd be cool if that actually happens. But at that point it, there'll be so many more people visiting the parks that it probably won't even matter. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not really surprised that it's happening. I did a little research and I guess I misspoke on an earlier show. Indianapolis Motor Speedway actually dropped their sponsorship in two thousand nine. Ah. Well there you so go. So they haven't been the sponsor of it for like eight years. Okay, okay, yeah. I didn't so, think it had one. It was Goodyear for a long time. and Yeah, IMS had it from 94 to 2009. 94 was when they built the track there that, right. where they did have the IndyCar race for yes. a while, and now that's gone. So Yep. Yeah, it's just not a popular thing. So uh, and just in, in wondering, has there been any buzz over on on the Disneyland side? Jessica, have anybody like purists and nostalgists expressed any concern? Because I know the auto- I've never ridden the Autopia, but I heard it's a much nicer experience than the Speedway in Tomorrowland and on this coast. So is anybody well, getting nervous out there? Or 
there are always people that are just <laughs> insane about anything that happens at Disneyland, especially because they say, you know, it was Walt's Park, so you can't touch it. Right. But there hasn't been any sort of official rumor that Autopia is going to leave. <laughs> I hate Autopia, right. so I would love it if it was gone. I just think it's so much, there's so much empty space around it, and it could just be so much better utilized. And in a park right. like Disney, right. Disneyland, you cannot afford any zero space. Right, um, that's true. And they tried to right. revamp it recently by adding a whole storyline of a robot going camping, and you see him in different places, but it's still... There's, there's <laughs> yeah, nothing to look at. kind of weird. Yeah, they, there's nothing to look at when you're driving around. It just, I hate it. But and didn't they just get a new sponsor it. for it? Honda, yeah. Yeah. But, but they could easily be sponsored for Tron. You don't need it. I think right. in, in uh, Disneyland's Tomorrowland... There's Star Tours and Space Mountain, and then that's kind of it for big attractions. I mean, I love Buzz Lightyear and people like the Submarine Voyage, but those are the only two huge pulls over there. So if they added something right. like Tron, I feel like that would help kind of spread out the crowds a little and maybe kind of revamp that area because it hasn't been touched in a while. So I yeah, would I guess, I guess when I was there in March, it did seem like that area was just underused. I mean, it... Yeah. Well, it they didn't have, wow me. <laughs> they have the launch bay in what used to be the Interventions building, which originally mm -hmm. was built for the Carousel, Carousel Progress. Progress. Can, it's huge. Yeah. But that's only on the first floor. And then the upstairs, they kind of have this weird lounge where people can pay to watch the fireworks. But it's a largely empty building. So I think... And we the other thing is, we haven't had the people mover there for 20 years or so. But wow. the track wow. is still there. Yeah, no, but the track it. is still there. So no, when I you know. look at, at the park, it's just emptiness. They need to. Well, they physically can't take any more of it down because doesn't the monorail run through it, or it, or the Matterhorn, or something weird like that, right? Didn't it go through the Matterhorn, the people mover? No, that was the Skyway. Well, that was the Skyway. Okay, I knew there yeah. was something mm. old. Like they, they had couldn't another take the ride. Structures down. Yeah, they had another ride called the Rocket the Rocket Rods. rods. That used the track. Yeah, well, those they were... totally could. But, I mean, I'm not trying to rant about People Mover. I'm just saying when you look at Tomorrowland, it looks really empty. So they they need to do something. Mm. So I would be for it. And it's like the opposite on our end because Tomorrowland is a zoo, at least coming in off the hub where Monsters is and where Stitch mm -hmm. used to be, like that main corridor before it opens up around Rocket Tower Plaza. Like that place is an absolute zoo. Then towards the back where Space Mountain is, there's always a line for Space Mountain, but there's a lot of open space. It's a very big right. area. Yeah. The only other area that has that much open space is where the new Fantasyland comes in around where Pinocchio is and that whole, I mean, it's all friggin' stroller parking, but that's a big area where there's not much. <laughs> so yeah, this our Tomorrowland is, is the opposite. It's like super crowded and Well, it's funny because Disneyland's is kind of lackluster i guess right now but it's still crazy crowded because the traffic flow is just awful there's nowhere for people to put strollers so they just kind of leave them everywhere yeah and the, the people mover track i can't remember how it is in disney world but in disneyland it's right on the main walkway so it already makes it smaller uh, so it's this weird juxtaposition of there's a lot of empty space and then it's still jammed they right. need to just rework it i think Ours is above everything, above the whole land. So it really doesn't, I mean, I'm, Disneyland, I guess it is too. It doesn't run along the ground, right? It's elevated. 
yeah, it's elevated, okay. but the the feet of it and oh, the base I got you. are I got right you. in the main walkway, so oh. you have to kind of go around it. No, this one is definitely much better designed. It's kind of on the outside, the exterior of all the buildings. There's a few spots where it runs, and it there's there is some. Uh, stanchions and pilings that are holding the track up but not much you go you board it in rocker tower plaza in the center of tomorrowland and it kind of goes goes through space mountain goes through all the buildings. i'm not i mean everybody knows what it does so yeah there's not too many uh support beams that are in the middle of walkways wow that's weird <laughs> like i'm trying to picture that because i've never been to disneyland so it's yeah i think that it just it was originally a much smaller land when it was built and as they added attractions, they didn't really do much to make the walkways bigger. So it's just kind of outgrown uh, itself. And I think they kind of got to reorganize it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tomorrowland's a tough, it's a tough land, I think, to keep up with because it's the same as Future World and Epcot. I mean, if you're going to bill it as Tomorrowland, it's almost like you got to redo it every five, not totally redo it, but like every five years, not every 25, because you got to keep up with. Now, I Absolutely. love. I love the Tomorrowland, and I love the theming, and I love the background music, and I hope none of it ever changes, but I'm sure eventually it will. You know, I know attractions can change, and that's fine. I get that. There's nothing there now that, besides the People Mover and the Carousel of Progress, that I would totally miss. I mean, Buzz is fun, but it's the one in Disney World is needs so much love and attention, and they just never close it to do the refurbishment that it needs because it's a people eater, and it's always busy. But, you know, half the blasters don't work. Everything needs to be painted. It's just a mess. <laughs> so we'll see what happens, you know, once this Tron thing is up and running. And maybe if that takes the burden off of everything, then maybe they'll start uh, helping out some of the older stuff that's really need in, in need of some TLC. All right. And now on to the big one. <laughs> <laughs> so... I don't know where to begin with this. I, my outrage over it is done. If you follow me on Twitter, you... I mean, I was not super ridiculous about it because it's not really worth it. And it just wasn't worth getting into fights and arguments with people about it and moral things. And it just... So, they're changing the scene and the classic iconic scene of the of the redhead and the other buy a bride scene. Uh, they're making it politically correct even though they will never state it that way because now they're it's they're, they've built it as kind of a empowerment towards women thing which listen i'm all for i'm not knocking that either so they're turning the redhead <laughs> into a pirate instead of having her be whatever you want to call her, her into annie oakley yeah they're making her into ann bonnie and instead of uh yeah instead of a, a whore if you would <laughs> so a wench. Well, a wench. There's the word I'm looking a wench. for. A wench. Let, let's, so yes. while I know the ride is not supposed to be a historical, perfect representation of the times, uh, Disney has kind of, with the Pirates of the Caribbean movies and Captain Jack Sparrow, kind of not glorified pirates, but made them to seem not as menacing and awful as they really were. And... So I think maybe some of that has led to this. And it, the thing that I wondered about the most, and nobody could have answered this because I asked it numerous times in different ways that day and the day after on, on social media. I want to know what the driving point behind this was. I've never heard anybody complain about it. 
I've never heard one right. person complain about that scene. Like, oh my God, they're objectifying women. You can't sell women nowadays. This is terrible. It's human trafficking. I mean, it got really insane. People got really like, people came out of the woodwork. Like all of a sudden blaspheming this scene. But and nobody how awful was complaining was. until they. But nobody was complaining. They were change it. Exactly. <laughs> then, as soon as they say, "Oh, we're going to change it," then the outrage came. Oh yes, it's objectifying women. It's uh. Oh man, it know. got insane. And, and they were they were justifying this new presumed change. But let's say we don't have confirmation for reals. And it was an artist rendering on top of that. It was a. It was an <laughs> artist rendering, and. It could have just been an artist saying how they would like for the scene to be. Not that they right. were necessarily making the changes. We don't know. Exactly. But as soon as that change was suggested, then all of a sudden it became a thing where people were like, yes, this scene is horrible. Selling women into that they were calling sexual slavery or the buy a bride right. theme of the time is awful. Well, yes, in reality, that is awful. We're not trying to say that it's not. We're trying right. to say that the outrage was kind of absent before. Yes, and thinking on it, I've got to say, yeah, it, it's a bit distasteful. You know, it's kind of objectifying the curvy girl saying that the redhead is more desirable. Is this something that we as women face every day in society? Absolutely. Right. Hello. We know that there are people out there who are, you know, looked on as more desirable or whatever, however the media wants to portray it. But I'm just saying the outrage was absent before this artist rendering Absolutely. of the redhead as Annie Oakley kind of came up. Right. I'm not opposed to her, you know, being a little bit more empowering, but I'd always taken the scene as she was kind of in on it to begin with. She was always in yes. it as kind of the person who was luring the people into the auction, and she was probably getting a cut anyway. Agreed, because she doesn't look That's like she's... That's how I always presume that She doesn't scene to look be. too miserable being up there. I mean, I get it. There's a one... She's not too sad. You know, you, you have the redhead, then you have the heavyset one who's got mm -hmm. her little hanky out, and she's doesn't look like i mean she looks like she she's, looks a little she, cheeky too I'm she just looks saying. a little cheeky and she's she vying looks... for attention and then after that there's one that's crying and another one that looks like she's scared out of her wits and yes i'm sure that's how 90 percent of them were when this happened but it's a it the thing that drives me nuts is is it's a whimsical approach to it is a time that was a horrible time and everybody in their right mind knows that the I mean, even the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, yes, they weren't gory and gruesome and it didn't show everything, but they did, there was uh -huh. killing, there was, you know, backstabbing and, and taking whatever they wanted to and not caring what happened in their wake. There was, right. there was that going on. It just wasn't the focal point of the movie. You had, you had silly sight gags and, and great characters that the audience grasped to first. So it took away from what the actual realization is. This is a, this is a... Attraction in yeah. a theme park that just, I mean, the gags that are in it, I mean, it all started years ago when all of a sudden they had to flip around that the women are chasing the pirates instead of the pirates chasing the women. So, yeah, I mean, that's where a lot of people are justifying this change because they're like, okay, they've made changes before. So, and I think that's actually kind of a funny one, personally. I, I, I think do it too. is funny that the I women. I think it's funny. I think it's funny men. too. I mean, I remember that's both not, ways. That's I went, not an iconic you know, part of the attraction. No, it's that not one, like everybody not. remembers that. Because right. it's in a little nook. Yes. At least it is in Walt Disney World. I'm not sure if it where it's placed in the Disneyland version. But in the Disney World version, it's in a little side nook. That's it. Yep. It's not a major scene in and of itself. Right. See, to me, the ride went... Now, as much as I love the Pirates movies, and they are my, it's probably my hands-down favorite franchise, and I've said it on here numerous times... 
I think when they added in the the Johnny Depp's, I think the ride took a little bit. It got knocked down off the pedestal for me a little bit, and I still love it. And the main reason is not because he's in there. That's fine that he's in there. That's great. But when they added him, they took away... The ride became a little more serene. When you went into Pirates in the original version, before or after they flip-flopped the ladies chasing the pirates, because I don't remember when that happened. Um, I don't either. It, yeah, I really don't know. That song, you, hear, you heard the song throughout the entire ride. There was no silent parts. There was no... Right. There was no times where there was no music. And you could still hear the audio because the audio for the individual characters, the guy getting dumped in the Carlos getting dumped in the uh, barrel, you could make out. You could hear the pirate captain on the ship speaking his lines and the Spanish guy answering him back and in that in the first scene. You could hear everything, but the the yo ho yo ho theme, whether it was being sung or it was just instrumentation, was loud and it was present and it was raucous. Kind of like pirates were and like the times were. Now it's quiet. You go through that scene where, towards the end, when you make the last corner, when the when the when the city's burning and the guy's trying to get on the boats with a hundred hats on his head and everything, and you there's nothing. You have the three pirates that are singing on the left hand side, and then as you're going under the bridge where the guy's leg is and everything before you go into the jail cell, it's just quiet. There's no song playing. There's no and it, the first time I wrote it after they did that, I was like, what the hell happened to this attraction? What the hell happened? Because you put Johnny Depp in three times, all of a sudden we have to hear him every clear word that he's saying. Turn up the audio on the animatronics and face the speakers towards the boats. Keep the music playing. I didn't understood that, and I remember. Mm-hmm. And it's not—I know it's not what they're looking for when they send you those surveys in the email. But that was the only <laughs> thing I ranted about. I ranted about that, and I ranted about how poor the quality, of the sound was in Country Bear Jamboree, because that used to be loud, and you—if you stomped your feet and clapped your hands. You weren't louder than what's going on on the stage. <laughs> but, so, you know, I listen, I still love the attraction. I'm still going to go on it. It is what it is. But I just, it's been knocked down from what it was originally. So, right. you know, I, I've never been to Disneyland. so And I know that Disneyland 1 is is the better of the two, at least in, in, in the United States, from what from what most people have told me. So, yeah. like, I don't know, it, it, it is. you know, Jessica, when they added jacked to that i don't know if it changed any of that those elements like i just said about the the florida one or if it just kind of remained the same and they stuck jack in there like i I don't know i've never even watched a video of the disneyland one because i just want to experience it live whenever i get out there yeah i never saw the attraction actually before johnny depp was in it so i have nothing to compare it to but i didn't get the sense that it was focused on him purely. It still feels like an ensemble ride. And then he's just, he pops up in a couple of places and it's still rowdy and loud and people are singing. But of course I never saw it before. So maybe it's much quieter than it was. Okay. No, I mean, yeah, it's, we'd have to ask Rick when we have him on. (laughs) Yeah, he would know. Uh, He would definitely know. All right. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's my feeling on that. As far as the scene and what it is, I, I mean, I can't, I didn't look at the picture again before we recorded. It just seemed like she's going to be, instead of with a, with a rope around her, she's going to have either a gun or a sword or a cutlass. And I don't know if she's going to be, you know, trying to trying to sword fight with the guys on the other side that are heckling and calling, or if they're going to... Like, I don't know. Like, the artist rendering was just kind of... Had, it's not specific. It's not specific. I don't know what they're going to change the story to. 
that you they know, were auctioning off goats and art and other possessions. Oh, they're, so they're going to auction off stuff that they've stolen instead of instead pe- of people. Instead of people. All right. Which I mean, you I know, get it, but I get, I get it. I get it. They're I just, still auctioning off stolen goods, so right. I, I get that. But it, it's just non-specific, and nobody's made any announcements yet. So I no. reserve the right to get upset later. Right. I mean, I, I'm not I, really. You know, my my gut reaction was along with a lot of people, and I was you know aggravated at first. And oh, what the hell are they doing now? Why are they doing this now? PC this, PC that, millennials, and and the whole nine yards. It went through the whole thing, you know. So. Seven stages of grief on a yeah, Disney attraction. God, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Look, you know, I, you at know, the end of the day when I sat and thought about change, it. And hopefully it'll be good. Right. That's all. all I the, mean. Yeah. They're not, gonna, they're not listening to they're not listening to the people who've been there a hundred times and the nostalgia fans about leaving everything alone. They want to bring new people in the park. And if new people in the park and, and, and younger generation of people are offended by all this nonsense, then... Hey, that's what they're going to cater to. As sad My as it is, my guess is it's but... going to be something that is in the movies. The scene is going to look like something that's in the movies that the kids are familiar with, that right. will speak to them versus something that us old people have connected with for twenty for, years. For forty, they're, they're not years, looking yeah. at us; they're looking to connect with the kids who've seen the movies. Oh, so it will probably be something that is at least reminiscent of something in the films. Gotcha. It's my guess is what they're going to do with it. Yeah, right. Which is, which like, is as good as anybody else's guess. They're not marketing to us. No, not exactly. anymore. That's my guess. Not that not anybody anymore. ever listens to me. We've already established that. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody listens to me. I have a teenager in the background mumbling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, though. And and I know you know people worried about the, the, the audio portions of it and... Yeah, you're not going to hear what the uh, auctioneer that spiel will probably be gone. But there is got it. There, there must be a way they can work in a we wants the redhead somehow, and it could just be because she's a going to be a badass pirate lady, and I'm fine with that. And I'm sure they'll you know they got to work Amen. one of the t- they got to work one of the taglines in because they can't take everything away from it, you know. But right, I mean they can do whatever Let's they see. want. So, and yeah. they're still selling the shirts at Vero Beach. Well, that's the other thing. It's going to come, you know, the merchandising is going to be insane now because now that, you know, they never oh, had they're really gonna anything. they're going to sell anything with a oh. redhead in it, like hotcakes. Kidding it's brilliant. me? Brilliant. Now it's going to be awesome. Brilliant marketing. Only time will tell. And, I'm, you know, it's not like they don't know what they're doing. Is what it is. <laughs> As they say. It is. (laughs) It is. But it was just funny because between that last week and the Tron stuff today, it it was just, and it's mostly, I I don't know that it's limited to just Twitter. I I don't do much Disney stuff on Facebook, but the Twitter community is just hysterical. It's just, it's funny to get involved in it. And I was probably talking out of both (laughs) sides of my mouth, at least on the Pirates thing, depending on who who I was chatting with. And I think it's hysterical either way. I mean, people can call me a hypocrite or whatever you want. I really could care less, but it's, it's just funny hearing both sides of the conversation and just hearing how ridiculously insane people got about it and how like it, it just got completely out of hand for no reason for no reason so it was just as bad from, on facebook yeah <laughs> i learned from the tower of terror guardians of the galaxy that you cannot have an opinion on social media because even the people that agree with you will figure out a reason to yell at you so yeah, That's, yeah. <laughs> i just 
my opinion on this is I just don't care because I don't I can't care. It's just too much. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. That's why I only choose to discuss those things in places where either the people agree with me or <laughs> or, or here where or here where it's a safe space. I will see I don't mind having people disagree disag- I don't mind people disagree disagreeing with me. I just there's no reason to to yell and scream and name call. Oh, just have not. a Well, that's ha- right. You can't have, have a conversation. Have a conversation. I'm more than willing to discuss or not debate because I'm horrible at debating, but just have a discussion right. about what, how you feel about it. It doesn't yeah. mean it doesn't mean at the end somebody has to be right or wrong. That's all. It doesn't right. have to be like, oh my god, you old people, you all nobody no, nobody likes change. You know, you all suck. Go to you know, <laughs> stay home type. You know, I don't need right. that. Just no, just and it's such it, a hot know. issue that people just Whew. get worked up even before they ask you what your opinion is. Yeah, like right. I think I re- I retweeted something just announcing that it happened, and then this guy went on this rant about how I was such a millennial snowflake <laughs> and I was trying to destroy the ride. I'm like, I didn't even say my opinion. I was just retweeting that it happened. I'm like Jesus. <laughs> but you are millennial snowflake. <laughs> yes, that's true. See, I don't care if you make fun of me because hours, I know that you right? still ask my opinion. No, I- <laughs> I don't. I know you're of that age, and that's your generation. But it's it, it's a it's a bad stereotype because it's like this. It's like anything. Like for myself and Mel, Melanie's generation, the stereotypes people put on that. Yes, there is there is a lot of people that fit into that. But then there's plenty of people that don't. So like anything oh, else with a stereotype. So right. it's just it's just funny because you know amongst the outrage and the you know high, you know keyboard muscles and everything else, it's every everybody gets lumped into one one big genre. So people at the end of the day, it's just so funny. Mad, like calm down. But this was insane. <laughs> like I this this was insane. I forget what I I can't even remember what other things have been over the uh, over these past six months since the beginning of the year like all the the crazy nonsense that that's happened uh, the rivers of light stuff and i'm trying to think there's whatever uh, the guardians thing over in disneyland like this by far was the worst i've seen people this pirates thing like there it was just yes. it was just insane like there was just some people that absolutely was like it was like you were murdering a puppy in front of them it was just ridiculous I'm serious. Like people were like literally losing their minds over this, and 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 expressing it in any way they possibly could. And and dare you try to have a conversation about it versus an argument? Like Jessica said, you were it, there was no reasoning with people. So you know, it got old pretty quick. <laughs> but it definitely was entertaining. That's it for that. <laughs> so next thing's coming up of note, like. Uh, I said earlier in the episode, D23 is coming up next week. Weekend. The end of next weekend, I guess. It's the 17th, I think it starts, or it's or somewhere along those dates. So, I, you know, we're hoping for tons of major announcements, at least in the parks and resorts panel and department with all the Epcot stuff that's been floating around the past couple of weeks, and then obviously with this Pirates and Tron news that's coming out. We're hoping for any sort of solid confirmation from Disney itself about any and all these rumors that are floating around. I mean, obviously, we like we talked about on the episode about the Epcot stuff a couple weeks back. You know, they're not going to spell out the whole plan. They they may 
they may come out with a few solid ones, uh, like the World Showcase Pavilion, because that's been floating around. That kind of stayed in in circulation about Brazil and where and 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 the like so that may be prevalent you know who, who knows who knows we'll find out next week and I'm, I'm excited to hear what's going to come and what's actually confirmed and and see if there's any more artwork or video montages of stuff that's going on maybe they'll have more i just think we're all in agreement that anything that they do to epcot is going to be a good thing as long as they don't strip it of what it was and make it, you know, IP land, then yeah, I, I kind of, you know, if they oh. stay, uh, I want to s- just put a stripper pole in there because they're going to start stripping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they no, are going to do that on the buses, are. remember? That's right. Yeah, they're going to put those on the party <gasps> oh, bus. Oh, the Destination D party buses. That's right. <laughs> the Vegas stripper bus in Disney World. That's right. Oh, yeah. Complete with. Did you see those on YouTube? What was that last October or something? All something I remember like is yeah. you describing them, to be honest. That's right. <laughs> There's YouTube videos of these Destination D. They were mock ups, they were just prototypes of what they thought the buses at Disney World could be. Not that they would ever actually make them, but yeah. They were like Vegas party buses, and the poles that people hold on to were just begging for strippers. I'm just oh, yeah. saying, you know, glitter cannons and everything. They were ready Absolutely. for a party. So you know they're going to probably strip Epcot of some of its original charm, but that charm is circa 1984 anyway. And as much as I love Epcot, and it has been a favorite of mine for years, it's time for a facelift. And if that means adding a couple IPs. Maybe they'll add some IPAs to dull the pain. <laughs> well, that we That's can definitely. That's all I'm saying. Help. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're only saying. I mean, Epcot is my favorite park. It always has been. It's that's no secret to anybody. So. Right. I'm Mine ex- too. Mine I, too. I, I'm excited to that it's getting some love and some new stuff, and uh, I don't think they're going to totally. Yep. I don't think they're going to totally dismantle it and make it into you know. I think it'll retain some of its. What it opened up was. It'll never be what Walt's vision is, and that's fine. I'm not concerned it never about could that. Be. that. It never could be anyway. It would not have worked in this society today, now at least. Maybe 35 right. years ago, it probably would have worked a lot better. But in today's society, that that whole uh, city within a city and, and everything that went with that, I, I don't think would work. I don't think it would work. I think it not would. In, not in the scope of a theme park, but I, right. I do want to see that. You know, maybe a new pavilion because we're long overdue for that. And sorry, that was my dog. (laughs) (laughs) She's making her first appearance. (laughs) She's just jumped up in my lap. But, you know, something, a new pavilion, something new along, you know, to happen up in Future World. Anything that they can do, even if it includes some IPs, I'm okay with. She needs a facelift with all the construction going on everywhere else. It's time for her to get a little spit and polished. I want some. She's been losing her shine. Yep. I, I want edutainment. That's all I want. Edutainment? edutainment. That's what Kennedy Space Center's for, honey. Yeah, I know. Well, so. We can talk about that, too, because I had a fun time there last week. That's right. So that's a good segue. Yes. So let's segue. Melanie is fresh off yes. her double dip castaway mm-hmm. key trip with her family. So. Yes. She was. There was just some high points and some new stuff and different stuff that. Yeah. She wants to share with all of us. So we're going to do that now. Awesome. We're going to do it now. Yeah. I, I, I'm done. <laughs> you just I'm done decided. I'm d- that's it. Factual <laughs> podcast. Factual podcast. Melanie's going to go on the fly here. That's no, right. we had a great time. 
we were there a couple of days early, so we actually got to see the Fantasy sail out on her 10-day cruise. We saw. Did you have a horn battle? No, we saw it from the beach. The oh. dream still wasn't in port yet. We were at our hotel, and we saw the Fantasy sail away, which is really cool to see the ships sail out. They're so stunning. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a fan girl when it comes to just the overall aesthetic of the ships. Yep. So it was fun to watch the fantasy sail away, knowing that we were going to be on the Dream a few days later. And the Dream it was a it's an unusual sailing for the Dream in that it's a five night cruise instead of its typical three or four night cruise. It was a five night cruise with two stops at Castaway Key, which is why we all affectionately refer to them as double dips. You get two stops at that island, which is, as you guys know, my favorite place on the face of the earth. So getting to spend <laughs> two days there was wonderful. And before we even set foot on the ship, we spent a day at Kennedy Space Center, which I haven't been to in about 20 years. My husband and I went before we were married. So it's been quite a while. The Atlantis exhibit wasn't up yet, and that is in full effect now. And it was a really fun day of edutainment, as RJ likes to call it. It <laughs> it was really, even though the space shuttle program is no longer in effect, being able to spend a day there and just see the history of our country specifically going into space. It, it was really, really, I, I don't even know. I don't have the words for it. I keep saying really, really, I don't even know. It was just amazing because you see all that history, but it, it's not like they're pounding history into you. It was really fun. And they had the meet the meet an astronaut experience and Norm Thaggard was there that day. And, and he was the first American cosmonaut. So he was the first American on the Russian space station Mir. And so he was giving the speech today. He was also the first, he was also one of the astronauts when Sally Ride made her first oh, shuttle cool. trip. So he was, he liked to say that he was a part of that. He was kind of, he was very much in the background for that, but he's an extraordinary guy. I mean, he's, he's a physician, he's a pilot, he was a Marine, always is once a Marine, always a Marine. So very, very neat person to listen to and to listen to his story and for my kids to see his academic path because I've got kids who are in college and on that college track to sh- you know to have someone like that in front of them high achieving it it was a really good experience for them to get to see the results of all of that he was also believe it or not he was also on the shuttle flight with the first Canadian female astronaut. So he says he's, you know, has very strong female, you know, history with him when it comes to space flight. So he he was a very unique person. And I'm glad that we got the chance to meet him and to listen to his story. And then we, you know, we toured around the park. We saw the IMAX movies, which are great. Both of them are great. One was narrated by, I always call them by their character name, Jean-Luc Picard. (laughs) <laughs> and one by J-Law. So basically X-Men were narrating both of the IMAX films. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. And then the new, in 2013, the Space Shuttle Atlantis exhibit opened up because Atlantis, that is where she is now. And all of the other existing space shuttles are in different ones at the Smithsonian. Some are at different museums across the country. But they also had the... Um, Challenger and Columbia memorials were in that particular exhibit. And if you didn't leave that exhibit choked up, yeah, you, you are, don't, you don't have a soul. <laughs> Pro- yeah. Like I like to say that you don't have a soul. If you 
if you don't leave just moved by those by that one exhibit you know just strikes home yeah the people that it was, it was about the people and it made them you know they were they had families they had hobbies they were interesting of their own right you know especially if you were from the fact that they were astronauts especially if yeah, you were I mean, alive I know where I was. and you i was just gonna say i remember exactly where, where i you? was <laughs> i know exactly where i was so you know going to if you're ever going on a cruise i would definitely suggests having a, at least a day to spend over at Kennedy over at the visitor center because it really is just a piece of American history that people in our generation kids who grew up in the eighties and nineties. It, it definitely speaks to us. So I definitely, definitely recommend spending a day Kennedy. The cruise itself was of course fast. It was a Disney cruise. <laughs> the weather was beautiful. I think the calmest seas in I can ever remember sailing. Not once do I think I, I I feel the boat move now more than I'm at home than I think I felt while I was on the boat. So <laughs> the um the seas were beautiful. The the days that we had at Castaway Key were great. One of the good things about having a double dip at Castaway Key, I like to say, is that it's if you're an avid theme park goer, then you'll know this feeling that once you get to the island, if you ha know that you have multiple days there, you don't feel that urge to do everything in one day. Where most cruises, you only have one day at Castaway Key, so you want to snorkel, you want to ride the bikes, you want to do the 5K, you want to see this, you want to see that, and you just want to try to do it all. But if you have two days there, you really don't feel that urgency of, I have to do it all. So, the first day on the island, I think I floated around Serenity Bay for a couple of hours. We <laughs> ate down there. <laughs> you know, I didn't do the 5K because it was just so sweltering hot. And even in the morning, it was the humidity kind of got a hold of me. But my husband and my son did the 5K and more power to them. Um, my son came back and he was spent for the day and he's in good shape. I mean, he's a high school athlete and he was like I didn't think he just hung out on the ship the rest of the day <laughs> um, but you know we just kind of floated around and if you were in the water or near the water the humidity and the heat weren't too bad on you but it it was a little bit a little bit warm it was July you know in the Bahamas right, yeah. to be expected but the wet. and it did rain we had a couple afternoon thunderstorms not the, too bad but they came and they went. So it wasn't anything unexpected for this time of year. Definitely not all day rain ever. We had beautiful, beautiful mornings and early afternoons and pop-up storms that you see. The second day of the island was really great. We snorkeled. That was the day we decided to snorkel. We slept in a little and we didn't feel like you had to get on the island first thing in the morning. That was the other good thing. So you didn't feel like you had to you know, get up early to grab a spot. But we snorkeled. The kids went on the Wild Side Teen Port Adventure, which was excellent. I, I didn't know if they were going to really like it or how they were going to feel about it. But on this particular Port Adventure, they bike, they snorkel, and they get to ride the speedboat. They called it the speedboat party because they had like, <laughs> my son said they had all this music blaring in the boat. Nice. It really, it really was. So they had a really good time on that while we snorkeled. In fact, I saw their group come by the snorkeling lagoon and 
I kind of waved at him, but you know, that was kind of uncool. <laughs> I was like, Hey, cause that's Thanks, where my Mom. chair was. Yeah. <laughs> I knew we were going to struggle. So my chair was right. And that nook by the, um, <laughs> heads up bar. So <laughs> we were, I was right in that little area between the snorkel bay and Pelican. And we, I saw him like, hi. And I'm like, oh, gosh, it's my mother. She's so uncool. I could but, see you, you tried, jumped out of your chair, did the two hand wave. Hi, honey. I know, right? I'm like, smile. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, I really, <laughs> I, I think they saw me first anyway. I just waved and kind of shrunk back into the background. And we went in the water about a half hour them, after them. So we made sure they were pretty far ahead of us <laughs> when we actually entered the lagoon. Um, that was really neat to kind of hear what they, they had a really good group at Vibe. And it, it two speed boat adventure two boats for them to to fit all of them so they had a really good group of kids it was a great group of teenagers on this particular cruise both at vibe and in 1820 which i'll talk about in a second so that you know having two days on castaway key really changes the vibe there's not that sense of urgency there's any that nonsense you can just and that was kind of how we took this entire cruise. We didn't feel like we needed to do everything. We <clears throat> slept in more. We actually skipped sleep because this particular week on the dream and on the fans, and I'm not sure how that happened in on the magical it was the first time ever having two nights of fireworks at sea. They had fireworks on pirate night, and then the next day was the board. So we had fireworks that night as well. Wow. And that was fun. Being on actors dressed for the 4th of July. I'll have, I'll, I've got a lot of pictures that day with the characters. They had a show in the atrium. It was a small show. It wasn't like a big production, but it was a small show that they had in the atrium lobby around lunchtime where the cast members from the Walt Disney Theater came, they did a song, and the characters all came out and did a song and dance. It was only about 10 minutes from start to finish, but it was a neat little way to celebrate in the early afternoon. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, they had a another show in the evening around 10 o'clock at night with another song and dance number with the characters, and they lit up fireworks. So it, it was a really fun, fun 4th of July. And having said that, I will say that that was our last night at sea. So it had the, at dinner time, we had to see you real soon, did menu. But on top of that, there was an overlay of the 4th of July kind of Americana menu. And I went with that. I, I think it was, wasn't really super impressed with the fried, they called it fried chicken. It was really shake and bake. But <laughs> I wasn't super impressed with the shake and bake. The ribs were good, the chicken, not so much. But by then you're so full. Anyways, by the fifth day of a cruise, you were so stuffed. I only ate two bites of anything anyway because I just couldn't eat any more at that point. Plus, Milford, I had the dessert party at Remy that afternoon. Yeah, For that sounds pretty amazing. The Fourth of July. It was the Fourth of July is my wedding anniversary. It's our twenty-first wedding anniversary, so we decided oh, wow. to celebrate with the dessert party at Remy. It was very nice. Um, for $50, it's a six course. They feel it as a five course. It's really a six course dessert um, 
tasting and all of kind of tapas style they're very small desserts they start fruity and they get richer and richer as you progress i do know from photos i've seen of other people's experience and videos directly from disney that the offerings do change from time to time and from chef to chef so the six that i might not so there's one particular standard um, which is the it looks like he doesn't call it Kit Kat. Chocolate glaze on top of it. And it does have kind of like a cookie crunch at the bottom of it. But that one I think is is signature to all of the dessert samplings that I've seen, but it is a six course dessert tasting that will blow your mind. It began fruity with the pina colada and it just got lovely and more negative. Some of them were too pretty to eat. They had a raspberry with edible flour. And it was like, I won't even bother trying to pronounce the names because this was at Remy. <laughs> and I can pronounce the pina colada. That was the but the rest of it I barely speak Spanish and I certainly don't speak French and I will massacre every name of every dessert they put in front of me but they were <laughs> lovely and delicious they also offer a wine pairing if you're so inclined we were not I'm not a heavy drinker and <clears throat> I have to use this polamine patch at sea so I really limit my alcohol at sea so I usually do not do wine pairings with any of my meals or I will be just <laughs> out like a light. There's <laughs> no mess. point. I will be a sleepy hot mess. I did enjoy <laughs> the day that they had um, the sunken treasure was the drink of the day. Oh, one beautiful. day. And I did enjoy that. You know, the unofficial drink of the beach club resort has made, it way, made its way onto the menu on the cruise lines. Nice. And I love it. That when it, it's like a Mai Tai plus something blue, like blue curacao. Yep. <laughs> it, it's a lovely fun drink. I did have a couple of those, but I, I do try to limit my alcohol at sea because it just does not mix well with my seasickness medication, and I would prefer no. to enjoy my cruise. Yeah, huh? <laughs> I know, right? Um, we did dine at Palo, and it was good. The service was fantastic. It said nothing. The service was wonderful. The Anapasta was great, but. The meal itself was okay. I, I was a little bummed by that, actually. <laughs> it was good. I can't say it wasn't good, but I guess I just had higher expectations. But I will say this. If you, you're going to put the money into dining at Remy or Palo for dinner time, try to do it by your second or th third night. Because if you do it any later, you're going to be too full to even enjoy the experience. <laughs> <laughs> do it when you're hungry. Because by the third or fourth day, when you've just eaten all day long, and I even we did limit what we ate this time. We didn't go gung ho crazy with eating this time. And even then, by the third or fourth day, it's just too full to enjoy too much. That's why I like that the just tasting is very tapas style. It's very, very small portions, but very wonderful portion. Otherwise, you just can eat it all. And coffee that they serve. If you just get the regular coffee service, it is it's so good. Coffee means divine. But yes, if you're going to put the money into dining dinner, my number one recommendation is do it like the second night when you're still 
good and hungry. You really can enjoy it a little more. Right. And and finally, I guess the only other thing I really want to talk about, because like I said, we didn't really feel the need to do everything on this cruise. I did not go to a single evening show at the Walt Disney Theater because I've seen them all before. If, if you have not <laughs> seen the shows, I, I recommend going and seeing the shows but if you're a repeat cruiser like myself or milford and you've seen the shows two or three times don't feel guilty about skipping them we sure didn't in fact i think we enjoyed not rushing from the show to dinner and being a part of the big crowds we, we really did avoid the crowds a lot by just really select being very very selective about what we did and we also used room service a lot more this time i always have so one thing I regret not doing was using room service more. We made up for it this time. Most of our breakfasts were served at room service. And that, <laughs> that, was, that was key to starting the day off well. well Having hey. the coffee brought to me, <laughs> I like that. See, I <laughs> keep like, trying wow. to convince my wife it's easier to have room service brought than it is to get cleaned up and head up to mm -hmm. the buffet. And, the, uh, oh, I... Well, it is vacation, I contrary to popular belief. Cabanas once. Yeah, I know. I went. I only went to Cabanas once with my daughter for breakfast on one morning, and that's because I needed to have my morning tugboat because that is divine. But otherwise, mm -hmm. I avoided Cabanas completely. Because yeah, I prefer I like Enchanted Garden for breakfast. I like to go to Enchanted Garden or even to Parrot Bay if it's open. Parakeet is no more. That's... That's that is now Tiana's place. Oh, Tiana's place. I'm sorry. And from what I've heard, I've I've not sailed on the Wonder since My they bad. did the reimagining there. But I've heard that they don't do breakfast down there. <gasps> Can't they just like put out sure. trays of beignets for breakfast? <laughs> beignets and mimosas. They serve That's those. Crazy because that was the best buffet hmm. on the ship, in my opinion. And they still have that buffet at um. Enchanted Gardens, it's the hybrid boat where you go through for your food, but they will bring you your drinks and your, you know, your coffee or your juice service. They bring that to you. So they still have that at Enchanted Garden. Um, oh, really? Finally, the last thing I do want to talk, they do. They, they still have the buffet at Enchanted Garden. Or you could do table service at the atrium restaurants. All the atrium Oh, I thought the Enchanted Garden was just a sit down. No, Enchanted Garden is a hybrid buffet where the certain, okay. you do get a table you know, you're not searching for your own table like you are at Cabanas. Yeah, that's I the despise. part I hate about Cabanas. They they seat you at a table. There is a buffet, but okay. your server will bring you your drinks or your coffee, things like that. So that that's one thing I do like about Burn. You want a complete sit-down meal where you're ordering off the menu. That's where you're going to go to the atrium-level restaurant. So it's Royal Court, Royal Palace tritons or lumieres depending on what ship you're on so that atrium yeah. level restaurant still does have a complete sit down breakfast and sit down lunch right nice. so you can still do that and not on the rush time to go to cabanas yeah because i don't do cabanas <laughs> it's just it's chaos and then you have to get up and deal with you know who wants seconds and then mom's always up to get the drinks and then the refills on the drinks and then everybody's done eating before i even sit down it's not relaxing sounds like dinner at my house every night <laughs> uh, yeah cabanas is the opposite of relaxing but if you have an early port adventure or you do want to get off 
for the cast of a key 5k or you are an early beach person or if you have young kids that it's just you know a better thing if you can just get in and get out cabanas is great i mean it's it, there's definitely a place for cabanas it's just at my point in life yeah. not so much mm-hmm. i am not a cabanas fan but the last thing and i do want to touch on this before you know while it's still fresh in my mind is something that is talked about very little with within the Disney community, and that is the 1820 Society. And the 1820 Society, I mean, Disney's known for great kids clubs. But once you turn 18, the day you turn 18, you are no longer allowed in those youth spaces. And I have an 18-year-old who loved those teen spaces for many and many a year. And now he's 18. And we were a little nervous about was he still going to enjoy the Disney Cruise experience because he can't really spend as much time in Vibe as he could before. I will say this, that every day on our cruise, there was at least an hour to an hour and a half dedicated to open house time at all of the youth activity centers, all of them. And during open house times, it doesn't matter how old you are, everybody's welcome in the spaces. They are not locked down for secured programming. So my kids did get time in Vibe and Edge, even though they technically weren't the right age for it. That's what open house times are for. Even I went in there. No shame. They have they have Galaga. I'd never leave. Yeah. I know. I know. It was tough for me to leave on the day we went through it. They have Galaga. Hello. Who would ever want to leave? <laughs> so the 1820 Society is kind of for kids ages 18 through 20. They're too old for the kids clubs, too young to drink. That's kind of they're in this little niche group. And Disney, in true Disney fashion, does not forget about the 18 to 20 year olds. They really don't. So on the very first night of the cruise, they had a social at Cove Cafe. And the kids got to have drinks at Cove Cafe, obviously non-alcoholic. It was coffee drinks or mocktails. <laughs> so, mocktails. Mocktails. Because the drinking age on the cruise is 21 and up. That's so cute. the kids got there. And one of the great things about 1820 Society is just like with the youth activity centers, there's no cost for anything. That they do. So if they're at Cove Cafe and they get a drink, it's complimentary. They had an ice cream social at Vanellope's, which was complimentary. They went to the bike shack on Castaway Key and they gave each of the kids a bike for the day. Complimentary. So things that would normally cost extra did not cost these kids anything. And according to my son, Never once was his key to the world card checked to make sure that he was a certain age or that, you know, he belonged in that group. I mean, you can visually tell by the age of the kids that they do belong. So, you know, they're never once charged for any of these activities. It doesn't kind of go into your history of your stateroom that, you know, you did this or you did that. There's, There's no reserving of the activities. You just show up. And on this particular cruise, I think partly because it was a holiday cruise and it was a different cruise for the dream itself, there was a great group of young adults, both in Vibe and in 18, because my other two kids are Vibe age. They're 14 and 15, and then I have an 18-year-old. 
the young adults and the teenagers on this particular cruise were an amazing group all around. Great kids, fun kids, fun families. You know, my kids would stay until the kids clubs closed or later. Same with my older son. By the time, you know, everything was closing down, that's when they finally came back to the room. Right. So it was a great, great group, fun group of kids. Um, one night before dinner when all the photographers are out by the, they're all out in the atrium. The kids in 1820 got in line with for the photographers to station up in my stateroom folio. I got a few pictures of my son and his group of friends. They went to the fireworks shows together. They hung out on pirate night together. So even when 1820 wasn't having an organized event, and they had usually two per day, so about two hours worth of programming per day they would have. But even when they weren't, the kids would meet up on their own and they would hang out. I mean, that's, that's how great of a group of kids this really was. And so they would go from activity to activity and then a- afterwards they would still hang out together. So that's what cool. I, I, they, I did like, I liked it. You know, they got to experience some of the adults only spaces like Cove. They had a trivia night over in Evolutions. So they did get to spend some time in some of the adults only places, but they kind of recognized that, hey, there's still kids too. They might want to go to Vanellope's and enjoy some ice cream or, you know, bike around the island. So it wasn't all grown up y. It was kind of a good hybrid of, yes, you're still kids, but you're more mature. And then during the open house times at Vibe, they would go to Vibe and have rock band tournaments. <laughs> things like that so they still you know they still got to enjoy a little bit of the youth activity centers even though they are 18 they went in there during the open house times so it was a really good balance it was a really good way for those kids who are no longer allowed in those youth club spaces during secured programming it was a good way for them to transition into some of the more adult activities while still feeling like a kid which is what Disney does such a good job with because it's Disney. They can be kids. It's okay to kind of gush over meeting Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Even if you're 18. <laughs> it's okay. You're on a Disney cruise. So they, they did have a very good time. And I was pretty impressed with the lineup of activities and the fact that the kids really did enjoy them. So they, they don't just specialize in six, seven, and eight-year-olds. You know, right. Edge, oh, no, definitely not. Edge is spot on. I did tour Edge and we spent a little bit of time in Edge because my daughter is of the age where she could do either Edge or Vibe. <clears throat> and we did spend a little bit of time in Edge. And that space is fantastic. They, it's in one of the funnels and they kind of can overlook the pool area. So Disney does a great job with older kids, teenagers, and even those teenagers who are transitioning into adulthood, the college age kids. Disney does not forget the college age kids at all so that as a mom i love <laughs> yeah definitely but, and, and nobody ever talks about 1820 society because i don't think people really know it even exists unless you have a kid that age and right. now i'm starting and even at dcl prep school i'm starting to field a few questions very very few questions about it but it, it's starting to come into people's awareness that hey there's something out there for these kids as well nice it was and now we're transitioning back to real life. Yeah. <laughs> and breaking out those school calendars, finding out when we can cruise again, and it's not easy. <laughs> Parents <laughs> of teenagers know that it is just not easy. Well, you yeah. only have you only have two to worry about now. 
I do, but like I said, my oldest one, he's in college, but he still loves the cruises. So we're, we try to find them in find times when we can all cruise together. But I used to be one of those parents who would pull my kids out of school for a week for a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation without even blinking. Yep. Same here. Until high school. Yeah. It's next to impossible to do that. It is. You know, once they get into those higher level maths, if they miss even a day, they're behind. Yep. So it it's it's harder and harder to pull them out of school for any length of time. And we really try to avoid it as much as possible now. But sometimes you just have to declare a mental health day and go, we're cruising. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but I, I do try now that they are in high school to minimize the amount of time that I pull them out of school for any type of travel, even if it's school travel with whatever sports teams are on or academic things, you do try to minimize those absences because once they're behind, it's so hard to get caught back up. But goodness gracious, this is the, and this is the first time since Alaska that we sailed in the summertime because I usually avoid summertime like the plague. It's not <laughs> yeah, necessarily that it's hurricane season. It's just hot. It's just hot. Yeah. It's just hot. I grew up in Florida. You know I mean? I grew up basically at Walt Disney World and now I go down there because now I'm in North Carolina and it's hot up here too, but it's a different hot. It's a different hot. Florida. It's so hot down there and it's hot. It's even hot on the cruise ships. Even, even our captain who was Thored this time, even he was like, it's hot. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, we, he tried to sail into the least humid pockets he could find for us. He's, <laughs> he's I've sailed with Thord before. It's Thor with a D. Captain okay. Thord. But I've sailed with him before. This is the second time I've sailed with him and he's fantastic. I've I actually last time I sailed with him before it, on the fantasy and I got a chance to speak with him for a few minutes and we were at Cove Cafe at the same time. He was kind of in his civilian clothes at the time. I'm guessing he was off watch, but I got to speak to him there. He's very, very, very nice, very knowledgeable. Almost intimidating a little bit because when you're around people who are that knowledgeable about things, it, mm-hmm. it can be a little intimidating, but very nice. That's how and, I feel all the time with you. Oh, you're lying <laughs> so bad. But I'll take it. So, <laughs> so I'd spoken with him before, but so when he gets on, he does his daily reports over the PA system. He's like, you know, he was telling us how he was trying to find the coolest, least humid spot for us. And he would, he would, I think on one day that our day at sea, it almost felt like, we weren't even moving a few times. I think we were going so slowly because he had found like the perfect spot for us to be. And it was like in the mid eighties that day and very low humidity at that point. So mid eighties was as cool as we got. <laughs> it's July y'all. It was the Bahamas. Yeah. It's, it's July we'll take and, the you're, mid-80s. and you're on the equator. So exactly. <laughs> we're so pretty we'll take close the to it. <laughs> on that particular on the day at sea. So it just felt like for a while we weren't moving because they really do their best to ensure that you have the most beautiful days that you can because you know they're not stationary. You're not they're not stuck in one spot. So if they know that there's going to be storms, they sail somewhere else. And we had a great cruise, like to the best weather of any cruise I've been on as far as rough seas go. We had very calm seas the entire time. So there's something to be said for sailing, I guess, in early hurricane season. If you are considering sailing in the summertime, sail in the earlier because as those seas heat up, the tropical hurricane season gets a little more active the later in the season it is. So, you know, late August 
through early October is when most of the activity is going to be. So if you're going to sail during hurricane season, sail in June or July and buy that trip insurance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they were lucky. Only one hurricane affected the fleet last year. And that was Hurricane Matthew. So it was yeah, only that, the one. It was kind of unavoidable. The thing was pretty it massive. It was. Yeah. It did. The dream ended up canceling one of its sailings. The fantasy stayed out for an extra day. The magic had a crazy diversion. It, yeah. Instead of a Bahamian cruise, it changed to a that. Canadian yeah. cruise. Yeah, I remember but that. It was, <laughs> but it was only one week out of the entire year that affected right. the fleet. So that's actually pretty good. Yeah, you so, don't hear about. Yeah. It seems like you don't hear about that too often. Just not only with you really Dis- don't. Not only with Disney, but just cruising in general. I mean, you think about you really don't because they can sail around it. They can sit right, right. Seems seems uh, easier than uh, you know planes having to f- either fly around or through heavy storms right. and, and the such. It seems like you wouldn't think so because the ship is so massive, but they can. Uh, the, te- the technology that's on these things and and the weather right stuff. I mean, they, they are. They, they have the on. most state-of-the-art ships at sea. Yeah. In fact, the last cruise I was on, we were the last group on Castaway Key before Matthew came through. So we were on that last sailing of the Dream before Matthew kind of made landfall. And we got off. And it wasn't until two cruises later that it kind of got really, really crazy. But we made it back in plenty of time. Yeah. So it didn't affect it didn't affect our sailing at all, but it was kind of interesting to see how not only the ships were preparing for diversions, but also how they were locking down Castaway Key as we left. Right. <laughs> you yeah. Could see them batting down the hatches and making preparations for the people who are going to be staying on the island. You know, as the guests were leaving, their preparations were already getting underway. So if you're going to sail in hurricane season sail earlier rather than later if you can but otherwise trip insurance and yep. just pay attention to the weather so that is it but we had a beautiful beautiful sailing i i can't complain i love that we were there for the fourth of july that made all the difference yeah i'll just, bet that's probably pretty yeah, cool. because when you cruise you know when you're frequent cruisers having special events whether it's a birthday or an anniversary or a holiday it, it really does make it make it just that much more special and we really really enjoyed it we had great servers we had fantastic stateroom hosts it was great all around nice i'd like to hear it disney does cruising right man there's a reason we go back time after time it's a reason you pay for it and save up for it you know oh yeah absolutely I think now is a good time to wrap this episode up then. Yep. Another mishmash episode for you, everybody. If you're going to be in the Indianapolis area on August 26th, uh, we're having our 10th anniversary indie Disney meet, and it's going to be a blast. We've doubled the space this year. Uh, it's held at the fairgrounds right here in Hamilton County in Noblesville, Indiana, which is on the northeast side of Indy. And we got all kinds of stuff all kinds of people coming this year uh yeehaw bob which i don't know how many of you are familiar with him but he does performances at port orleans resort at the river roost lounge we've got herbie the love bug coming of course you know our our favorite people the 
the princesses from Frozen, the uh, 501st Legion, which is a fan group that does Empire and Rebel costuming from Star Wars will actually be here, and there's some of that in the video that I posted. It's a carry-in. Everybody brings food, and holy cow, we end up with a ton of it. Everything from savory to sweet. Uh, They usually have a machine set up uh, doing Dole Whips. Uh, We have drawings and things like that, but all the money that we raise goes to uh, give kids the world, which is the the little community in Florida where basically Make a Wish takes their kids for kids that are you know come down with cancer and it's their Make a Wish to go to Disney World. So, so all the money we raise for that goes towards that charity. And we're also going to be doing a group podcast from there. There'll be several of us there. I know uh, Mike Relman from Be Our Guest Podcast is going to be there. He started coming last year. It'll be a really good time. So if you're in the area, and I'll, I'll be talking about it the next few podcasts up probably even until that weekend. So they have a kid's room with kids' activities, and they always have character meet and greets in there, face painting. They'll have a DJ. At some point, they show a couple movies for the kids, and uh, it's a good time. So come on out. With that being said... We thank you all for listening. We encourage you to go and follow us over on our website at thedizexplorers.com where you can find links to all our social media accounts for both the podcast and our individual troopers. And also, download. please download our podcast either using right from our website or also you can find us on Podbean, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and also on YouTube for audio only. We thank you again for listening, and we'll talk to everybody next time. <laughs> <laughs>